Welcome back, guys, to The Raven's Watch. I am your host, David Lee Corbo, a.k.a. The Raven, and today's guest is T.H. Massacre, and he is here to talk about the Saturnian cult of the Black Cube. But before we get into all of that, a little bit of business. Uh, if you're looking to follow me, you can do so on Instagram at The Raven's Watch. You can find me on Twitter at David underscore Lee underscore Corbo. That's where I do most of my interacting. So go and follow me on Twitter. Uh, at Reddit, you can find me on R The Raven's Watch. We've got a subreddit. It's got nothing on it, but it will eventually. Uh, YouTube at The Raven's Watch. Discord The Raven's Watch. If you have had a paranormal or unexplainable experience and would like to talk about it, or if you are a expert in your respective field of the occult or conspiracy theory, you can email me at theravenswatch777 at gmail.com to discuss potentially being a guest on the show. Uh, so right now the sh show is in its infancy. And so there are plenty of slots open. So if you've got something that you want to share, whether it be your own experience or your knowledge in a specific realm, you can find me at theravenswatch777 at gmail.com. All right, guys, this episode is, it's a lot to unpack. There's quite a bit of information here. Uh, and I do believe that TH Massacre is going to be back in the future to discuss other things related to the topic because you just can't get it all in two hours. This is an age-old cult uh, that's been operating since ancient Egyptian and Babylonian times, and we're tracing it from those times all the way to modern day, and we're trying to keep it light, but we do get in the weeds a little bit. Uh, but TH Massacre is great. He's got a ton of information, uh, which is why I definitely plan on having him back. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed making the episode. And without further ado, let's get on to episode three, TH Massacre and the Saturnian Cult of the Black Cube. Hello, and welcome back to The Raven's Watch. Thank you for tuning in. Today's guest is T.H. Massacre. T.H. Massacre and I met on Twitter, of all places, when I was putting the bat signal out for someone with knowledge regarding to the Saturnian time cube, the, the cult of the black Saturn cube. And T.H. Uh, Massacre was a gentleman enough to respond and uh, answer the bat signal. And so here we are. TH, can you tell the audience where to find you before we get started? Uh, yeah, so I run a, I've, I'm obviously on on Twitter at the handles at TH Massacre, and I'm also on TikTok where I do, um, I do, I talk about esoteric kind of mysticisms and souls and a little bit about the cult of the Black Cube where I'm allowed, and I also do tarot there as well, so. Yeah, the, um, the esoteric and the occult is certainly where this show dwells uh and yeah. you know, we're in our infantile stages still and for the audience uh we're gonna take it slow but when i tell you that all of the time that i have been a sort of conspiracy theorist and i think we need a a, a better moniker we need a better title <laughs> it's yeah. uh 
<laughs> I'm all for owning the name, but uh, it just doesn't feel very nice when you when you let it slip. But it's been for me now uh, 16 years, and the yeah. audience doesn't really know that. I haven't discussed that very much. We've been very much in the realm of the paranormal, which in the Venn diagram of things, yeah, uh, there's quite a bit of overlap. But yeah, there's a huge amount. Yeah. <laughs> so during this 16 year period, um, there has always been this and i would say much more so in recent years specifically the past five years mm. uh in the background of all things that i become interested in there is this sort of echo or 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 maybe better yet uh, a whisper yeah. a whisper coming from this black cube that is in the yeah. shadows in the backdrop of of so many different things and it's terribly interesting and you and i spoke just before we started recording here that not only is it interesting but it's controversial um yeah for example before i started the show today or before we uh you know started recording i was asking bing's ai to generate for me an image of i, I like to see what it what it's going to generate ai is very yeah. interesting very sort of conspiratorial and even paranormal. And so <laughs> I was interested in seeing what Bing would generate for me if I asked it to make me an image of, you know, the cult of the black cube. The black cube and yeah. it flat out refused, mm. which is not unheard of. I've asked it to produce for me images of the Nephilim and it flat out refused. And I had to yeah. sort of use a bit of word kung fu to manipulate yeah. the AI into producing this for me. And this time, I, I, I couldn't get around it. I said, okay, fine. Make me an image of several people in black robes worshiping a, a black cube. It wouldn't do that either, even if you remove the aspect of Saturn and things like that. So yeah. that was, that coupled with whispers online, people seemingly uh, rubbed the wrong way when you bring yeah. up the cult of Saturn. I, I do think you're right. There is a bit of controversy. Um, and I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on, on why it is, but before we get to mm. this thing lurking in the background, uh, TH, what is it? What does your origin story look like? How did you get down this path of esotericism yeah. and, and start from as early as you want? Oh my gosh. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of strange. I've always sort of had like an affinity with kind of, I guess, like the supernatural in a weird way, but never really delved into it. Um, in, but in more recent years, I've I've kind of tapped into it a little bit more, started studying and reading up a, a lot more about, I wanted to know a lot more about the history of things. And like, um, in particular, with, with things like tarot and stuff, that's kind of, that kind of was, was the sort of gateway for me to really delve into it and really sort of study the various kind of sort of, subsections of everything that comes under sort of occult and gnosticism um and esoterica um and all roads kind of like lead to egypt whenever you go down these things so um i that kind of sort of really sort of sucked me in because i've always had a deep sort of fascination with egyptian history and the civilization and it's one that i've always really sort of loved exploring because there's so much mystery surrounding it and it's for me, it's always interesting how nearly every sort of element and aspect of esoteric information, whether it's Kabbalah or or, or anything really, they all have traits in, in ancient Egypt and 
and everything kind of draws back to 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 eventually going further back to African spirituality, um, which is I'll talk about in detail later. But um, it's for me the sort of the, the 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 lure of kind of the mystery and stuff just sort of opens up a kind of a really beautiful imagination within yourself, and then in certain areas and aspects of study, you really sort of do begin to understand that these ancient civilizations and cultures as as sort of imaginative as 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 they appear, a lot of their sort of mysticism and their their gnosticism was steeped in in metaphysics and science. Um, the very term like spirituality originates meaning um, means science and nature. That's what spirituality means. So, and obviously spirituality with the covers the 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 origins of of everything, including things like the cult of the black cube. Everything all draws back to the concept of there being an as above and so below. This sort of this physical reality and this metaphysical reality. Um, and like for me to sort of, it's easy to understand when you if you just apply modern sort of science and thinking in the sense that um, human beings are incredibly limited in 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 our senses. We can't hear a broad frequency like animals can. Um, we we can't we don't have a sense of smell as strong as other animals. But most importantly, our vision we only we only um, actually see about 0.01% of the light spectrum. So we can't see gamma rays, X rays, or UV rays or anything like that. Um, we can only feel the effects of it. And the the concept of of sort of my understanding of that is you know is that we we live in a physical world but this metaphysical reality around us which is not perceivable to us and not tangible i.e we can't touch physically feel or measure to a degree um is is kind of this expansive sort of unexplored kind of um part of reality um and it's easily again understood by science with with physical matter and dark matter and gray matter so we know we know antimatter is part of this physical this metaphysical reality um yeah <laughs> if that does that answer the question well yeah you said something really interesting before uh that made me think we're, we're doing in this era of time mm. and you could you could make an argument that the veil is sort of lifting i i, I think yeah. that through my observations that's been my opinion is that it seems yeah. to be this this thinning of the veil and this information is mm. is coming back into the general public's awareness but we've done ourselves a historical disservice because if you go back <laughs> 15 20 years yeah outside of fringe uh scientists or or uh you know people who would study the 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 more paranormal aspect of these things mm. we very much gave especially here in America the public this watered down slap in the face yeah. of of what the ancient egyptians believed yeah. and what ancient civilizations in general believed that it was just riddled yeah. with superstitions and that all of these things that they talked about were simply allegories and metaphors for things that they were unable to articulate in a more concise way so they just yeah. used metaphor and they just used allegory and that none of their belief yeah. systems hold any water that our ancestors were strictly superstitious yeah. um and lesser than intellectually and i don't think that that's true i i, no. I feel and this is just a feeling but 
I feel as though we've been using the same operating system for a long time. In other words, if you were to take an ancient Egyptian and expose them to the same ideas that we're exposed to now, well, they'd be able to get on the train, go to work, crunch numbers, sit in an office, go to the coffee pot, go to the Mm. supermarket afterwards and have a normal life. We're using the same operating system. I don't think that they were so much lesser than us that their entire society was built off of allegories, metaphors, superstitions, and falsehoods, which is I mean, certainly I, what we've been made to believe. Look, I, I completely agree. And I think like, you know, like for me that we always sort of joke or misinterpret kind of the dumbing down of society. But for me, when, when, and I'm not, I think we, we look at that very broadly because we kind of look at the collective society. Um, and what I'm kind of trying to sort of say, I guess, is that if we go far back, you know, if you go to the times of Socrates or Plato, these these and Pythagoras, you know, these these men were so intellectual. <laughs> there's there's no one that's been alive for thousands of years that could match them in intellect. And the really crazy thing is when you begin to study their their work and you you delve, even if you delve into to, to particularly into into Plato. Um, or and Socrates, like a large portion of what they discuss and what they talk about is this metaphysical universe. And they talk about the, the energy of the planets and they talk about the symbolism and the, the understanding of, um, of how important like energy can be contained within an image or within a picture or within a symbol. And, you know, the, the, our entire sort of collection of Renaissance art proves that in the 15th century literally it sort of gave birth to a huge amount of wealth so there's power in this kind of this information and that that sort of information has been heavily diluted but not by accident it's been done deliberately because i often sort of in a lot of my sort of my talks and on my on my videos that i talk about i talk about the kind of descent of humanity um and what i mean by that is that how the sort of how the ancient Egyptians lived in the early dynasties was so pious and was almost like unachievable because they didn't have the concepts that we have today. They 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 lived by a completely different set different set of rules. They didn't have a religion. They they had a completely different belief in the afterlife. They believed in reincarnation. They believed that God was everything. That God was the plants, the animals, was themselves. That they were each other, and everything was all part of the same thing. Um, they called their god Atom, and you know they, uh, we, you know, thousands of years later after that, the Greeks called uh, uh, um, came up with the word Atomis, which meant that uh, which meant a singular unit that everything was made of. So the Greeks knew that concept of of sort of Egyptian spirituality, and if you go far back enough to the Egyptians, their, their concept of reality didn't involve them having to do things like sacrifices or you know, there wasn't. There was, it's only the latter dynasties where we see the remnants of the wealth and the gold. And you know, it's kind of understood that as as the Egyptians grew in power, they they grew mightier, and you know, the civilization became powerful and feared and revered in many cases. And you know, we have a lot of scriptures, modern, you know, some of the oldest scriptures that all talk about that. Talk about Moses studying underneath the ancient Egyptians, and Pythagoras studied studied underneath Egyptians. They all studied underneath this 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 sort of this ancient civilization that had deep knowledge to what we just can't understand in modern times and like you said we look at it as mytholo- mythology and the re- going back to the severance of it is that 
you know the all of the the the, the planets were, were were known as gods to the Egyptians, and they had a uh, you know what one stage their 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 polytheistic their spirituality turned into their, their sorry their monotheistic spirituality turned into polytheistic religion, and then tried to turn into monotheistic, and then went back to polytheistic. So. Um, all of these polytheistic gods were just planets and deities. Now, they all had names to them and they were all identified as the sun, the moon and Saturn, etc. All the planets that we now know through the Roman names. The Greeks copied the Egyptians and they just changed the names. But they also changed the stories of these deities and these the law surrounding these gods. Now, this isn't about whether whether these stories were real or existed, you know, the story of Venus or anything like that. It's more of the concept of the of the understanding of the energy and what it actually meant, because the Egyptians didn't talk about the gods in these sort of they, they used them as in allegorical ways for stories, but they genuinely would commune with these energies. Like this is the really misunderstood thing that I think for people who don't understand occults and rituals, they don't understand why you, it's very hard to understand why someone would uh, would carry out a practice. Um, it's an important point I want to make here to kind of just point out. I'm not a member of any occult. I don't. I'm not part of the Black Cube. I'm not part of anything like that. My personal spiritual beliefs go go to a different kind of thing that goes much further back. Um, but I think it's for me when I started to study this stuff, it blew my mind. It's like, well, how can someone do something so extreme if they're if we're talking about the extreme side of the occults and, and rituals and practices um, and it's largely because it was changed over time and you know the Romans used a lot of the justification for their for their violent games you know the bloodthirsty battles that happened in the Colosseum they did that in honor of the gods those those were Saturnic rituals that took place and there's no mistaking in the history books about why they did these things and why they saw why they allowed this slaughter to take place in these stadiums. It was very much a uh, an occult practice thing. Have I strayed off the topic too much, or have I no, gone down no, no? Hole? Actually, uh, <laughs> as you're talking, I'm I'm thinking of so many different things that uh, that are interesting, and I and I I don't want to in interject because your your stream of thought there is is you know it's very good, but yeah. I do. Uh, we talked about it. I think I sent you um, some images that I had stitched together and, and threw some words over yeah. earlier on uh, yesterday. And I wanted to know if I was warm or cold. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and you confirmed to me that I was on the right path. But this idea that um, you, and you've already touched on it, these yeah. entities, um, these, these gods <laughs> that have been worshipped throughout time, yeah. they go by different names Mostly and 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 I, yeah. I i am interested in, and we can get to this in a minute as to why or what function if any you think mm. there is in the changing of the lore from one culture yeah. to another but but before we get there um i had drawn a bunch of very simple google connections mm. between the idea of saturn uh yeah. and chronos and yeah. uh, there was a, a third name for Kronos that is escaping me at the moment. There's uh, of but it was them. from Saturn to Kronos, the Greek god. And yeah. then uh, there was a third name. Oh, uh, Molech. I believe I was able to yeah, draw I mean, a connection it, from it gets Molech very, it as gets, well. Yeah, it gets very confusing and it gets very complicated. I mean, like there's so I mean, look, 
what I'll, I'll talk to that point and then what I'll do is after that I will go back to the I'll, I'll explain the kind of origins of Saturn in 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 sort of law and why it's why it's known as a dark entity um so you're absolutely right so the Egyptians knew Saturn as Set or Seth um the Babylonians had knew Saturn as Sani Cronus was obviously Greek Saturn was Latin and Roman Zul was Arabic, and there's also like another uh, Egyptian deity called Sobek that's connected to Saturn that I'm still not 100% certain on the story to understand the connection. But like you said, there's, Mer there's Merloch Bolt. There's many, many different kind of deities, and they all kind of, they often all are attributed to, in some way or another, to this this strange kind of mystical deity. And like, before before you kind of get into those kind of things, it's 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 really sort of, I think, key to understand sort of where sort of these ancient Babylon Babylonian kind of civilizations and the Mesopotamia, ancient Mesopotamia, and that how they came to understand what Saturn was. So Saturn was was always known as the was known as the Black Star or the Death Star. So George Lucas knows his occultism. That's not a coincidence. So sorry. Oh, but it happens constantly. Yeah, it happens all the time. So, um, but like, um, and the Death Star is shaped like a kind of rock, so um, like a dead rock, like a dead kind of star. Um, um, but Saturn was known as the Death Star. So the origins was, um, and and it changes from culture to culture, but it's all fairly similar. So it's around, you know, all over the world, every ancient civilization in some form has an identity and a law and a story and a mythology connected to this particular planet. And the 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 Egyptian story is is this, is the battle of Set and the battle of, of 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 Horus as well, and also Osiris and Isis. But fundamentally, the the understanding is that Saturn is a is potentially a twin star to Ra, the the our current sun. Yeah, and the idea is that at the beginning of creation, that Saturn was born first and therefore was older and probably began to die, and then our newer sun that provides us life now. Is is, much, is is the focal energy, but it doesn't mean that there is still no energy coming from Saturn. Does that make sense so far? So, so Saturn is a is a darker, colder energy, and the Sun is a warmer, life giving energy. And the, we have this idea of summer solstice and, and winter solstice are very much connected to those two deities, to those two individual planets. The Sun, obviously, being sun, summer and bringing us life and Saturn bringing us winter and death. So hence why Saturn as a particularly is as the as the Greeks kind of interpreted this deity as a uh, as a um as a man with a sickle and a scythe. So he was hence the name hence named Cronus who was the harvester and would reap the reap the the land and you know reap life in order to make way for the for the next year. So um Cronus is connected with time and time is connected with death. So the idea is that if you have no time, you have no death and links to immortality. This is where we get our imagery of the Grim Reaper. Correct. Yes, that's correct. So the Grim Reaper and, like, and, and many kind of characters sort of, I mean, you know, sort of, I mean, the sickle is a very, very key kind of, um, is a very key Saturnic symbol and the actual, the actual kind of symbol for Saturn is is a cross with a sickle. Okay, so people don't realise that. Um, we'll go into some conspiracies later about that, maybe about certain people that have that um, that post and tweet that particular symbol. 
Um, yes. But um, but yeah, but Saturn is so Saturn is the sort of polar opposite. It's this polar opposite of the light, and there's there's all kinds of sort of again multiple different kind of laws because then if you go into let me just check my notes if you go into like um in um yeah so sorry in babylonian astrology the name sani depicted means a nocturnal solar deity so the the ancients you know this is before the greeks and that literally understood saturn to be a nighttime sun so like a dark and so bringing darkness so it's always had that sort of very, very it's a very sensible logical kind of connection um, you know, they, 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 they really understood things in a, in, a, in a much more powerful way than we do today, I think. Um, well, the hell of we, yeah, sorry, go on. we do think that we're more intelligent. Advanced. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we're not. that's certainly uh, we're not. objective. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, for... we, we can talk about that. I mean, like part of Saturn, part of the cult of the Black Cube and part of Saturn is to emotionally suppress humanity that's what that's what satan is so so for those that are sort of kind of you know not clear on it saturn is satan it's where we get this concept of this dark evil force from um not yeah. the same with lucifer but um but again many connections and and all kinds of connections depending on which part of history you're looking at and which type of civilization um, and the point I wanted to quickly make was like that in so in Hellenistic astrology, Saturn is classified the same as Mars as a malefic planet. So of one of death, sickness and destruction. Um, and Saturn is is the ruler of Capricorn, um, which is kind of um, is a really straight. It's, it's, it's known as the goatfish. And this is where you get the Baphomet kind of um, imagery from. So there's. There's very it goes for much more than just looking at the planet um, as as the physical planet. All of the planets are connected to different star systems, and they have sort of again ancient stories and connections to these different sort of horoscopes or, or stars or you know or zodiac signs. And they actually, if it's not necessarily. It's probably heavily misunderstood and just not delved into long enough. I, I, I'm on the personal belief that these star systems have their own energies that we, again, you know, the further you go in the cosmos, the less you can measure energy and stuff. But there's no doubt in my mind that the these star systems potentially control the solar system and the galaxies and et cetera, et cetera. So everything is all part of this giant sort of mechanism of control of energetic exchange and power that we are like tiny little atoms on this giant spinning ball or flat earth whichever one you want to believe in are being subject to all of this kind of energy that's out in the cosmos that's so much greater than we can envisage and whenever people kind of balk at that concept you only have to look at the full moon and we're about to have one um, very soon and you just what the term lunatics comes from that because people go crazy in full moons and you know um women's cycles are affected by the full by, by by the lunar cycle and the tides are affected so these planets and these these sort of bodies these giant rocks like the even though they're moving through a vacuum they still there's still an energetic pull that we just can't measure again it going back to that whole understanding of how limited we are in what our understanding is in the metaphysical world if that makes sense Do well, I make, i'm not confusing things too much well we're going to pull it back here to, yeah. to to focus on the 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 saturn aspect but what i do mm. want to say is that 
I recently had, um, and I and I was not previously into this because, as I'm sure you're aware, the world or the commercialized world of yeah. astrology is yeah. a very sort of watered down, bastardized version <laughs> of what astrology actually is. I never paid it much mind because no. when I was a kid, you would get astrology in the back of the TV guide. That's that's yeah. Sounds like I'm really old, but in the back of the TV guide channel book, yeah. you would have your astrology readings and, yeah. you know, they would seem very general and they would apply to everyone. However, yeah. recently uh, I was messaged by someone who is seemingly very w- well-versed in astrology. And I, I'm the type of person who's looking yeah. for generalizations. I'm looking for something yeah. so that I can go, well, anyone can identify with that. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. this was so personal it was almost yeah. disturbing and yeah. and he also could keep going he was yeah. like would you like me to to tell you more and i was like yeah. you know after a certain point i i i was pretty well sold on it yeah. and i also had the, a very yeah. similar experience with a numerologist who yeah. once again seemed to be able to pin down yeah. my yeah. attributes uh yeah. in an uncanny <laughs> way and so it seems to me that not only are these planets and stars associated with gods but mm. that the day you're born these stars almost imprint you with yeah. your personality with your 100%. with some aspect of your story and it's yeah. to the point where it's like it's very uncanny i i still have i think i'm gonna have them on soon uh yeah. because the reading was so impressive that uh i you know I, i'd be curious to see how he got yeah. into this but uh i i'm I'm very much entertaining the idea now that the day that you're born, uh, you're imprinted with just these yeah. inalienable attributes that will always be a part of you. And then there are subjective things that happen to you in your experience, but all those things are laid atop this yeah. this pre-planned thing that has been imprinted on you since the day that you were born. Yeah, I mean, like, n- numerology and astrology come from ancient Egypt. So, like, tarot comes from ancient Egypt. Everything kind of draws back to magic, and and that's what it was. Like, that's that's the the high priests, high priests and priestesses. And again, I'm not for one minute expecting people to believe into this, but if you that's why if you if you study ancient Egypt ancient e- Egyptian kind of culture, and it's it's just crazy because <clears throat> the high priests and priestesses, <clears throat> excuse me they would use divination and they would use numerology and astrology to literally kind of manifest and make magic and make things happen there is there's so many amazing stories um of of all these kind of crazy sort of miracles um of these kind of egyptian priests and priestesses and herophants and that and mages as they came to be known that would just be able to do almost unimaginable things include including you know splitting water and raising the dead and bringing birds back to life reassembling osiris the story of isis and osiris where osiris was killed by um, by set saturn and his body was chopped up into 14 pieces and casted up and down the nile the story is that isis used magic um with another deity i forget the name but um and they put him back together and then um, but and she then couldn't she find his conceive, penis. Yeah, well, she was she was able then to conceive Horus, who was basically the Egyptian version of Jesus. So every religion and every sort of like kind of all these and 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 that story of Isis and Osiris is copied in ancient Greek. It's copied in Roman mythology. It's copied in 
in in virtually every civilization all over the world. And I don't think the Egyptians were necessarily the originators of that either. I think, again, they were drawn from from others, even probably older kind of civilizations. Um, even a, civilizations that were lost in a giant. Uh, yeah. Plato talked about that. Like, he talked about that. Yeah. Plato talked about that greatly, saying that, you know, the concept of of, of humanity is to rise and fall and we, you know they they had documentation of the of the demiurges and that and it was under his understanding that you know this this we are a lot more ancient than we are we understand the universe is much more intricate and marvelous and you know there's whole aspects to it we can't physically see or touch you know hence this sort of afterlife or ether or or, or underworld or or heaven or whatever you want to call it all these other sort of dimensions and things and they understood very much that civilizations would fall and that all technology would be lost and built up again and lo and behold we're on the cusp of ai you know and nuclear weapons and all these kind of things and so it's like it's it's kind of it's these are biblical stories and fables that you know that aren't that far-fetched even by modern reality you know so you know there's 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 no and not to be all doom and gloom because i don't i don't subscribe to the fear machine um which is part of the black cube (laughs) and again like if you look at sort of the greeks and the romans they all had their stories they all had their they all had their scriptures or their religions or their their books that would install huge amounts of fear in human beings to to literally make them fear a god or fear their own mortality um, the ancient Egyptians, you know, so, you know, you could actually tra- t- teleport back in time to the early dynasties. Like they didn't believe in, in, in they believed in immortality. They, the Egyptians believed that human being, every human being was a reflection of, was part of atom and a reflection of their singular God. And that when your body died, you're, you would reincarnate again and again. And like I never believed in reincarnation until I looked up, until I discovered and came across the story of, of Dorothy Ed, which I won't go into now because it's not what this is about. But I highly recommend any of your listeners uh, to to go and check out Dorothy Ed, the little girl from North London. That story about reincarnation for her just it's a conviction for me. Like when when you see her story, and she's not the only one. You, like the oldest, some of the oldest Kabbalah talks about um, reincarnation. I didn't even realize that. Um, that some uh, sections and aspects of the Jewish faith is also based on reincarnation. I only found that out recently, listening to some uh, uh, um, an amazing podcast by a rabbi that I forget the name, but yeah, he was talking all about it and talking very again about the metaphysical aspect of reincarnation and how that works. So yeah, our, our complete perception of reality is just is is distorted is is built built on this. This prison mechanism of fear, of fear, and sort of, you know, there's like I would I would go as far to say that you know like all, a lot of the symbolism that was around us, a lot of this Saturnic symbolism, these cubes, these the evil eye, the one eye, the pyramid, all of that, um, they are all very much a uh, part of this kind of concept and understanding of power and control that the ancient Egyptians possessed. So, you know, in in the in in the ancient scriptures of the religions, you know, it was noted that Moses freed the slaves from the house of bondage with from the pharaoh in ancient Egypt and I you know we have to understand what is that house of bondage like was it an actual physical chamber underneath the pyramids possibly was it underneath the sphinx possibly um there's 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 stories where you know where 
where that kind of is quite a terrifying prospect that we're, I'm not to say that the I'm not saying that the pyramids were built by slaves, but there's no doubt that the latter part of Egypt had become so satanic itself because they had begun to worship all of the wrong deities through their polytheistic religion. So they'd lost the source. Does that make sense? So they'd fallen from the kind yeah, of so truth and piety and they'd fall into their own greed and basically self-destruction of of just playing God and killing and maiming. Right. And there's karma to that. There's that, you know, that all has to, if you, if you are, if you, if you engage with worship with, with the Saturnian deity. So again, this is suspended with suspending belief here, whether people believe this or not, but if you engage and you, um, you, you, you do rituals to this, that is the, the, it goes to the old fable of selling your soul and in each, or, you know, a pound of flesh, all of that. Shakespeare wrote about it. It's, you are effectively giving your, 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 your flesh and your soul to Saturn. And that is a, is, it is literally can be the, the, the death of your soul. It can be the destruction. Um, if you don't, if you don't know how to, unravel yourself from that from that bind because when people do do these kind of rituals they are doing it with a blood bind and even though it seems like a physical superficial thing there's a very there's a very real energetic exchange there which um which i would again like i i don't necessarily encourage people to i certainly don't encourage anyone to do or anything like that i strict i strictly kind of would advise not to um but the guy who wrote there's a, this book that I learned most about this is called The Cult of the Black Cube, which is by a brilliant, fantastic author called Arthur Morris. Um, the book is it comes in and out of print, but this particular guy, he when when I started to learn and study about this, like he talks about his experiences and how he came to become a part of the Cult of the Black Cube, and it's a really it's a it's not the kind of usual route that you would think in you know you have this sort of vision of satanic people wanting to do evil things and it's not that at all he um he had had a very bad car accident when he was young and was severely sort of um damaged from it he had really bad spinal injuries where he had to walk the cane he was in permanent pain he was studying at i forget what university but he was studying at university and he began to sort of get drawn to um, the, the, the a, a new class that opened up about sort of antiquity and esoteric magic and things like that. So he joined that, and in that in that class, he began to learn. He met other people who began to teach him about the prospects of doing rituals with a dark demon to create miracles. So he read up on it and studied and he knew Latin and he learned some rituals and he'd studied this deity and studied the Saturnian, this Saturn and the Saturnian deity. And he performed a ritual where he cut his hand into a glass cauldron and he did a whole, I'm not going to tell people how to do it, but he did a whole bunch of things and said some very specific kind of ritualistic prayer. And um, when the, the when the blood dropped into the cauldron, he said the entire room went cold and the light dimmed down. The the, the candles all they didn't go out, but they were they flickered very dimly. And the, and he said he felt a really terrifying presence. And the glass then all of a sudden the glass the glass cauldron absolutely exploded, covering the entire floor in glass. And he just prayed and prayed in in his native tongue for forgiveness or and said sorry and all this. And any anyway. A few days later, he had a very lucid dream where he was visited by this dark energy and he had a, a conversation with this deity and this deity said that he had, that he had been, that, you know, said, you know, you've summoned me. I'm here to help you. You have a choice. You can either 
go back to your life of pain and misery and and your disability or i can heal you and you know and i will give you i will give you an abundant life but you must but you you have to work for me your life comes secondary to mine to to, to me you have to honor me and all this kind of stuff so he did it he accepted and he said as soon as i agreed to it he said i felt a, like a pool of cold energy pour into my head like into where his crown chakra is and he said he felt this terrible pain in his spine it was like unbelievable experience and then he said and then i woke up and then he said like after a week the pain had gone after two weeks he no longer needed a stick and by a month he was completely healed. His doctors, who had been he'd been stuck, who he'd been under for like a couple of years, this had been going on. He was he was also on a lot of medication. It's important to to add, like prior to that as well, he was on some really strong opioids that he did not like. Um, his doctors had said that's a miracle. They could not explain what had happened. And at that point, he then knew that this was a miracle and a gift. So he delved into the Saturnian cult and slowly but surely, when you know the symbolism, he began to meet with other people. And in, in his book, he goes on to describe that he became really well, um, you know, very well, uh, very familiar and, and, and knew a lot of public, famous public figures that were in this cult. So it is a it's a very real thing. It's 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 a um, it, it, this isn't whether people believe or not is entirely up to them. But this these these are these are stories. And if you look in you look at Arthur Morris as well, there's there's some very strange kind of stuff that happened to him. Um, he's no longer here. He was he died in very mysterious circumstances um, because he knew that the penalty for sharing this information is death <laughs> to a degree. Um, but you. No one needs to worry about listening or studying this. It's only if you if you are if if you if you engage with this deity, you swear an oath of secrecy. And it's if you it's if you have that bond and you break it, therefore you become you can be subject to sickness and death. If you have not got that bond, you can freely talk about it to a degree. Although there are certain things that I would never discuss or talk about for pure for the reasons that i wouldn't want people doing stupid things basically um because i don't i don't think this is i think despite despite his particular situation the the um it, it, you you can't you can't misunderstand that this the a lot of the rituals and the duties of this is blood sacrifice this is a blood cult it's nothing less than that there are there are ancient um um sort of traditional saturnian cults that didn't engage with blood sacrifice you have to really go back to the times of antiquity to understand that and go beyond that um but generally that that is it's it's a complete it's still a, a malefic energy and it's still a a a death star it's a dead star it's a dark energy there's there's no two ways so, about it i let's let's get into this um We've established now that the belief system is is based off of something incredibly old, incredibly ancient. We're yeah. talking the dawn of man, the er, the earliest ancient civilizations that we have reference to. That's where yeah. this belief system comes from, or not necessarily comes from, but operated alongside the entire time. It's where we have like the reference with the Egyptians. It's, it's only it's only where we have, sorry to invite, sorry, it's only where we have the the actual evidence and the documentation. Like there is right. there's, there, there's there's no doubt that this the worship of this deity goes back to the Aztecs. They you know they have symbolism connected to it. Um, yeah, so it's it's 
it's it goes so far back and and it, what it is is we just don't have the understanding into into we we only have the assumption that they did these kind of rituals with uh with no real kind of con uh, no real kind of um cause and effect and the, there's an important thing to understand that in the during the roman times the saturnalia festival was extremely expensive it was a crazy crazy time where there was lots of blood sacrifices and rituals it was it was it was it was a huge huge thing in roman civilization and they wouldn't do it for no reason they just would not do it for absolutely they, they these people knew about souls and they knew about they knew about um they knew about the other planets so they knew to sort of to, how to respect the different deities and how powerful each one can be and not everyone did worship the saturnian cult so it is it, it, it there's a very clear kind of 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 there's a, there's a very clear identity to, between the different cults that were worshipped. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. Yeah. So so let's get into this then. I think we should clarify for the audience, to the best of your knowledge, what does the belief system of the cult entail, and mm. what ultimately is the end goal? So what is it that they believe, and yeah. and and what is the end goal? And I would very much like to get into identifying the symbolism that's attached yeah. with them. Uh, but before we go there, what what is the general uh, outlook on, on what do they believe and, and what are they trying to accomplish? Yeah, so so <clears throat> it's really hard because I think it would be it would be probably every again, every one of these sects has a completely different belief system. But fundamentally the 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 worship and idolization of the black cube is is a rejection of of god or of the of the light of the opposite so and there's this concept that um there's there is this concept that with saturn being a fallen deity you know the fallen angel lucifer all that kind of stuff that's connected is that you know saturn um the deity was imprisoned you know in a black cube as punishment for falling and the, the 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 concept of Cain and Abel comes from that um, of being sort of you know out not outcast but exiled out and Saturn was a deity that was exiled from from the realm so it can only operate in this metaphysical dark energy um, to a degree um, so it's an exiled exiled deity that need, that the people that are worshiping it would want to free it because. They believe that, um, and again, this is not all sections, but this is particularly the Roman kind of occult look to, uh, or, or, or the, the Roman kind of lens, as it were. Um, they believe that Saturn was um, was a was a god and deity of the golden age that he brings abundance, and there's a lot of kind of rich and famous people that will worship that clearly, in my opinion, worship Saturn on the black cube, um, and the again in in arthur morris's book he goes to talk on that by worshiping this deity he excelled in his careers he excelled in his life his his rituals and his beliefs manifested into his reality where he was you know afforded a really luxurious life and lots of opportunities now whether right. that, was that doubt, reminds me that yeah. reminds me of the exact same situation we have going on today a much watered down version but yeah. i sold my soul to the devil for you know riches and fame yeah so like as much as people want to claim that there's this sort of higher level mission um which some people may 
leg hang to. Um, the fundamental reality is it is about self. It's about self greed or self mortality because you know there's there's no other real reason to engage with something where if in this lifetime you lose your soul and you don't get to live again you don't get to reincarnate and the laws about where a soul goes and all that is obviously again it's it's very it's highly triggering for people and it's 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 obviously speculative and theoretical and whatnot but um but you know there there is when you begin to exchange with this kind of energies if you really study and go into it the, you understand the energetic kind of the, you understand how the cosmos and the laws of the universe works there are there's a law and an order to the cosmos and um you know by by honoring this particular deity you turn your back on not just uh, not just ra as the sun the opposite god but also the other planet so there's also karmic consequences with love i.e., with venus and all the mercury with wisdom and all these kind of things you know this saturn is a deity of intellect let's be clear it's, it's it plato wrote about that all of the like pythagoras they all knew that saturn, that saturn was a highly intellectual de deity in some cases people know it as an alien deity because it understands so much information but its intellect is not necessarily um is not necessarily the prize of the mind the prize of the mind should be peace and harmony and love yeah like i know that sounds really cheesy but people in many ways value intellect over those things and what you tend to have is you have someone who can be incredibly clever clever highly intellectual in their field their speciality they can rise very highly in the in you know make a huge name or a lot of fame and money but fundamentally they're devoid in all these other aspects and each of the planets the the old like old like esoteric understanding of what these deities are is that the the seven planets are all a mirrored reflection of what's within us so that's well the concept of as above so below so we each have like the seven chakra systems the seven colors of the rainbow represent the seven visible planets from from earth so including the sun the moon so the idea being is that if you commit to just one of them then you are you are lacking in other areas that's not to say that you can't balance them out i'm sure there's lots of people that believe you can do all of them um but there is the, the that yeah that's a separate that's a separate kind of thing <laughs> i guess so when it comes to the symbolism associated with this saturnian mm. black cube cult, what are mm. some of the more prominent images? Because uh, it's my yeah. understanding you alluded to the all-seeing eye, things of that yeah. nature. And these are things that throughout time have been uh, attributed to the Illuminati and things yeah, of this yeah, nature. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and even Freemasonry. Yeah. And I, from my limited understanding, feel as though these groups, so the Bavarian Illuminati, right, this group of, scientists and mathematicians who were persecuted for their beliefs in Bavaria and then yeah. fled so that they can practice their their you know their mathematics and such without persecution or mm. the freemasons who you know at the lowest levels these are just it's a it's a fraternal order yeah. of of buddies who are yeah, hanging yeah, yeah. out and drinking beers and talking mm. about things that are going on in the community but yeah. at its highest level these organizations uh seem to have been co-opted and they yeah. seem to have been co-opted long ago by yeah. something that resembles the exact cult that we're talking about now. So yeah. this this symbolism that we see, what are some of the more prominent ones? And yeah. are these symbols not actually belonging to the Freemasons, not actually yeah. belonging to 
the 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 Illuminati, but yeah. that these are the ancient symbols from Egypt that are, yeah. you know, depicted in 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 sort of Saturnian yeah. cult mythology. Yeah, I mean, look, so so Saturn obviously like um, it, so Saturn has um, as a planet it, um, has a storm on it, and it's called the Eye of the Storm of Saturn. And if you look at pictures of it, it's the most insanely weirdest thing because it's 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 the only time you ever you will ever see a storm that is um hexagonal it's not round it's not circular like if you look at any storm on this planet everything has a has a very visible kind of circular motion but on saturn it's hexagonal and you know the winds are like 150,000 miles an hour and all this kind of stuff but this hexagon symbol is really important to the ancients because they believed that this um, first of all, the, the, the eye of the storm, i.e. the eye of Saturn, looks, that's where the one eye symbolism comes from. I want to be clear that the one eye symbolism is not the same as the eye of Horus. OK, this is another mistake. Um, uh, so that's the I don't think so. I, I, I have symbols on rocks. I'm not going to explain it. Um, but that eye of Horus is not that symbol. It's not the all seeing eye. They're two separate things. Um, the eye that you see on the US dollar bill is not the eye of Horus. That's a mistake. The the eye of Horus and the eye of Ra is a very visible kind of tail. And the eye of Horus and the eye of Ra represents the pineal gland in the brain. If you slice your brain in half and look at it, the pineal gland, which is the seat of the soul and the window to God, as they knew it, um, which is this sort of the the eye, <laughs> is is um, it, that that symbol means a completely different thing. The eye of Saturn, however, which is where the confusion lies, is the is 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 an eye that's going into a storm. So it's the opposite of going to the light. It's going into the storm of Saturn. So. So the one-eyed symbolism is is the the law behind it is that practitioners, um, witches or whatever they want to call themselves, they were they, some called warlocks. They have many different names. <clears throat> the people that are in these kind of and there's multiple cults all connected to the black cube. Um, they um, understand it's called the it's called the baneful gaze, which basically means that they believe that Saturn's eye is always gazing upon you know on the solar system and watching us. And that, you know, this is how the energy connects and that how everything is all seen and whatnot. And by them projecting that symbol, they are then acting as a kind of like teleport of energy to cast dark energy towards the recipient. So when you see a celebrity doing that, the law, if, if you are to believe in black magic, which, <laughs> you know, it's up to you. When they do that, it means that they are casting evil eye towards you. Um, the, yeah, that's confirmation. <laughs> Whenever a ping goes off, it's confirmation things. Um, they, they, you, the, the protection symbol against the evil eye is an Egyptian symbol, which is an Isis symbol, which is the two finger protect protection symbol. So that's why you see celebrities doing this. The Baphomet character has this symbol to protect itself from the other planets so that it can be protected. So there's this whole idea of casting out evil energy and then protecting oneself. Um, Again, this is a protection symbol, again, casting out the evil eye. Um, but with the hexagon on Saturn, the really um, where where a lot of the kind of uh, occult symbolism comes to is that if you draw, so hexagons are six sides, six points. And if you draw three lines inside of it, it, it makes the shape of a cube. So you can Google that. If you Google Saturn cube, it will, you'll, you'll see an image come up. 
And that it's obviously being three times six, it, you know? yeah, leads to the number 666, which is the mark of the beast, Satan. And you begin to see how all the connections come into this. Um, it, the understanding is that Saturn wants to control this planet. Saturn wants to reign over man because Saturn believes that man should not be um, should not be chained to or, or stuck with God. And the old kind of story is that or one of the old kind of laws is that Saturn um, severed, um, castrated his father, which I believe is to be Jupiter, castrated um, uh, Jupiter um, uh, and therefore severed any connection to that deity and therefore became in charge and became the father. So Saturn is known as old father time, Cronus. That's where that, and again, in, in not to like kind of point fingers and stuff, I don't want to get too much in the heat of debate, but you know, um, the, the concept of father um, in, in scriptures, meaning this deity, not as in Ra, the sun God. It means a, it means a God, it means a sun God, but does it mean the light god, i.e. the solar sun, or the dark god, i.e. Saturn? Which is a really interesting concept. And like, you know, um, the, this particular this particular hexagon, when it creates the cube, you know, there's an argument that the, the Kabar in Mecca is a cube. There's an argument that Jews have um, in Judaism. They have a cube on their forehead and on their arm. I forget the name. I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Apologies to my Jewish brothers and sisters. Um, and also the Christian cross folds up into a cube. If you look at a Freemason's altar, it is a cube. If you look at the Church of Satan, it is a black cube, their altar. You look at Blackrock, it's a cube. You look at every, you look at, you know, there's so many kind of different iconography. The Rubik's Cube is a black cube. This this icon iconography um, we talked about briefly earlier is everywhere from Hellraiser, um, uh, and not just the physical cube itself, but a lot of the I will talk about in a bit, not now, but all the traits that are associated with this because Saturn, other Saturnic kind of symbolism is chains. Chains heavily are connected to Saturn um, because he is bound and chained to this. The, the idea is that Satan is contained within this cube. And if we present a cube in the physical reality, we are creating and generating an energy that he can um, help project outwards to. How real that is, is obviously for people to um, believe, but there are an awful lot of black cubes in cities, giant sculptures. It makes, there's no logical sense for an for, for a sculpture or an artist to create a black cube unless they know about the cold of black cube. You just wouldn't do it. Like if you, you, you it just makes no, zero sense to just put a giant cube in the middle of a town city. Um, you look at most buildings, there's a giant black cube on Trump's tower. There's, there's black cubes everywhere. And again, they are heavily, if one is to believe the connection, it does seem very strange why all Masonic kind of temples have a black obelisk or a black cube, which is, again, so heavily connected to this deity. Um, even on the tarot card, the number 15, the devil card, he, it's, it's a really unusual thing, but like the, I don't know if you can see this. The devil card actually has two, you know, Adam and Eve, man and woman, chained to an obelisk, and that is a black cube. Um, again, representing Saturn, um, Satan, the devil. Um, so it's, it's uh, yeah. Um, did I cover that? Have I gone off down another tangent? Yeah. Again? <laughs> it is interesting how the black cube, it's number one, so unassuming, because it's mm. so simple. It's such a, a minimalistic yeah. symbol, and yet, so it could easily go over your head, but yeah. like you said, Trump's Tower, Freemasonry, yeah. uh, uh, 
Jewish Apple tradition. Yeah. The cross <laughs> literally yeah. being an unfolded cube. Yeah. Uh, all of these different things. Does does the connection between um, the the cube that Satan is or Saturn is locked in, yeah. and and the concept of um, Tartarus have any connection? Yeah. Because what I'm seeing a lot is, uh, and like I said earlier, the thing that really got me into this is seeing this connection between the biblical stories of the fallen angels, their names, and how their names are often threefold or more. In other words, they have several different names throughout all these different religions. And when it comes to uh, Tartarus, that is uh, a reference to the place that the fallen were cast out to in the Bible, but it's also a reference to the place that the Titans were locked in in Greek mythology. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the Titans, one of them being Kronos, yeah. you know, who is Saturn. So it's it's this story is been right in front of us. And what's really funny yeah. is growing up. They were very compartmentalized. I thought these things yeah. were entirely separate. The Greek pantheon yeah. and the Roman pantheon has nothing to do with Christianity. And it, no, no, it all has everything to do with the same exact story being told yeah. in different ways. And now all of this time spent looking for. The- you know, pentagrams and 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 triangles with all seeing eyes uh, for years. I neglected to give any sort of uh, attention yeah. whatsoever to a simple black cube, possibly yeah. the most nefarious of all symbols in the entire thing. Yeah. So and I mean, not not to forget the hexagon and the hex because the hexagon really for me is the modern version of it, because symbolically it what it does is it it, it honors this deity and this energy and it's nearly always connected to a to to a business or an industry or something that has is deeply rooted in something nefarious. It's just I, I just see that all the time. I mean, like you know, um, I will say like Elon Musk's starships all were covered in hexagon plates. That's not a coincidence. The man tweets the symbol of the the the, the Saturnic symbol, the, the 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 symbol. The I can't even find it. I had a picture of it, but. Yeah, this. Oh, look, there you go. Look straight away. That that symbol there. Yeah. that. So the, this symbolism and the reason why that's done is because they over history that because of the the nature of this particular religion and it becomes a religion. It's a, like an occult is a religion. It's a belief. It's it's a, it's worshiping. It's performing rituals. So whether you want to whether you want to term it a religion or whatever, it, it's 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 the same thing. And a lot of people don't want people to know that they do this because of the fear of shame and and whatever. Because often a lot of a lot of the rituals that are connected to the cult of the black cube and to the kind of stuff that Alistair Crowley um, was engaged with was blood magic, sex magic, and it involved a lot of yeah human sacrifices in cases so you know if one is to believe that this this um this religion is still in existence and it still continues to this day it is logical to know that they therefore the symbolism and the the kind of very essence of it is going to be kept hidden deliberately because you know you just yeah it would be you know most people are not going to go for that come <laughs> rightly so um but well, it's it's everywhere you you know, the, but you we, mentioned we, earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Can I just make one more point? Sorry, it's like there's really important things. Like we we have this sort of deluded vision that we live in these really kind of humanitarian sort of honest sort of 
you know, civilized culture times. And I just don't believe that because, you know, we see the amount of death and destruction with wars, with, with every country, no country is innocent to that. We see the kind of poisoning of chemicals used in things, the constant sort of corruption that goes on and stuff like, we don't live in this utopian society like society pretends itself to be. Like if you look at society, it it projects this sort of squeaky clean perfect image and then the reality is there's far there's so much debauchery and depravity going on you know with particularly with people you know with lust and greed that, that is rampant you know amongst many many industries so you know we have this vision of like how the romans were barbaric with their gladiatorial games and that we evolved onto them now we've now got nf football where you know no one physically gets killed but it's you know we get all the energy and tribalism out that was the same thing you know it's no coincidence they're both in stadiums you know the the reality that what i believe is that no that instead you know they just no, war never got replaced like all this kind of stuff still goes on it's just cloaked much more and like not to go down a rabbit hole but epstein's island is a great example of that you know the depravity that went on that island that still hasn't been kind of no justice has come of that except for one woman who trafficked said people to an island and no one else got arrested like we know we, we know there's depravity just on the basis of the lack of justice in that entire right she got in trouble for thing. trafficking children yeah. uh but we have no idea who she trafficked them to well they, they do know and they just refuse to think and you know you look at the symbolism you look at epstein well we can go there quickly but like epstein's island is littered with esoteric symbolism littered and you go to the bilderberg kind of things and you go to all these kind of things where people say no that's just conspiracy it's like well, they don't help themselves when they project these satanic and satanic symbolism that dates back to ancient times when people did sacrifices. So it's like, it's, yeah, like, you, you know, it doesn't matter how intelligent or how much money you've got, common sense tells you that you wouldn't do that, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't celebrate or, or, or iconize things that are connected to depraved things. Like, that's cancel culture, right? We any any company doing that knowingly, like or outwardly, would be cancelled. Um, and right, right. And it's so. interesting because the best the best answer that I've heard for Bohemian Grove is that this is just a, a sort of a guys' club, a fraternity of guys, you yeah. know, kind of just dressing up in robes in the woods, and they're not hurting anybody. It's they're just having a good time. Symbolism. Yeah, it's, it's fine until you know the symbolism and that old, that old. I can't remember who did that brilliant quote, but it is symbolism will be, is the downfall of all of these kind of, um, of these sort of fraternities or or in, or in whatever it is that, that, that has something to hide or is problematic. I mean, um, like, uh, who was it that wrote it? Like, I think there's a really famous quote that said, like, um, symbolism rules the world. Like people don't understand it, but symbolism literally rules and controls the world. Yeah, yeah. That the language of it, the world is yeah, in symbols and something energy. else. It's projected energy. I mean, like you know, you think how like powerful like fashion design is. Like if someone wears like a you know like a Louis Vuitton bag or outfit or whatever, and it's it's not a Louis Vuitton thing unless it's got the symbol on it, right? Um, you know, like because then no one knows what it is. Does that make sense? So. It's like they people are very attached to these things and they have an emotional connection and reaction, like not all for bad, like but for, for a multitude of, of emotions. Um, but right. symbolism some of these, is so powerful. Yeah. Some of these fashion companies don't even hide it. You know, it's it's the no, yeah. Balenciaga or, <laughs> uh, Medusa, or, you know, Hermes, <laughs> Hermes, yeah. you know, it's it, these things have it's the same. It's like that expression. Nothing new is under the sun. It's yeah, the yeah, yeah, same yeah. stories, the same entities, yeah. the same belief systems, 
And it's an amazing deception because most of us, the vast majority of us, don't even see it. I mean, I got to come on. Hats off to them. It's a pretty good deception for people to not even to have been immersed in it since the the dawn of mankind and to have come so far in the game that we don't even see it anymore and that most of us will vehemently oppose the idea that it even exists. You know, you you had mentioned before that. um. Uh, you 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 get into some trouble sometimes uh, because this is a touchy subject, and yeah. I wonder if that trouble at all applies to Freemasonry because in yeah. my experience I I get pushback when it comes to the Freemasonry thing because you'll have people who are at the lower levels of it like we said yeah. before it's a fraternal order these are just guys who are trying to meet yeah. other people in their community trying to and network really lovely essentially guys. a lot a lot of them are really amazing kind beautiful like pillars of society like it's it's not like you know it's it's it, they can't all be tarred with the same brush in that respect you know like the right. the the where the, the the darkness of any of any secret organization goes you know goes to the kind of hidden knowledge and realms where you know we know the the higher up the freemason kind of ranks you go that more degrees get revealed you know many masons many freemasons who have turned whistleblowers have come forward and said that that there is more degrees beyond the 33rd and all this kind of stuff and the problem with these things is that if when they're done in secrecy it is then based on public trust to trust that there's nothing going on that's nefarious you know and um you know unfortunately from my perspective is when i look at the the symbolism and particularly you know the sort of black and white pattern floor and all of that like nearly everything connected to in fact everything connected to freemasonry derives from ancient egypt again and again derives from the law and some of the kind of the 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 sort of the i i you know some of the rituals that were practiced even back then that were quite frankly demonic and hellenistic you know like the egypt descended we can't forget that like we people you like the the this is like well this is like the severance of information like you know um there's a book here and i, I did have it out ready because i just wanted to like not to promote it or anything like that but this book um written by a guy uh, by this guy um who is called professor kaba hiwatha kameen i hope i pronounced his, his name right this book is called spirituality before religion and this is deep research into all the kind of religion of the spirituality sorry that was in african culture going back to the oldest times like so this isn't this isn't necessarily there is physical evidence backed up with like actual kind of cuneiform kind of millstones and stuff but like when you look at the story and the history of how human civilizations related to the gods then it was nothing but a beautiful amazing kind of connection it so spirituality is separate from religion and then religion came along with the egyptians and especially when it went polytheistic it went just chaotic. It just like everyone just started worshiping different things, and the the kind of behaviors in honor of said God just got more. Either you know, in some cases it was wonderful, you know, offering up wine and grapes and fruit, and in other cases they're sacrificing animals and women or children or men. So it's and you know these these were crazy times. So you know like there was, you know these people generally they genuinely believed that if they didn't do these sacrifices they wouldn't get harvest. So. It was very, it was a very real and a very, it wasn't even a, we, we can't even comprehend how normal those kind of things were back in those times. It, like it just, it, we, 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 we just cannot kind of imagine. And, and what's worse is that we can't imagine that there, that we, we kind of think that that's how humanity started, that we started off barbaric and just went, and now we're only going in the right direction, that we're on this uphill climb. 
I would argue and say, if you look at reality, you look at politicians, you look at powerful people in power positions, you know, or, or you look at celebrities and, you know, you judge them by their actions and their actual kind of deeds. And most of the time, it's just all money driven. And these people are not really projecting much love and light in the world. They're projecting chaos and madness and stupidity and low vibrational things that and you know all connected not i'm not saying all of them i'm not like sweeping every single rich or famous person but it's definitely it's definitely yeah it's definitely a a high majority that seems to be so deeply connected to this symbolism of this satanic cult it that that just makes zero sense like for me there's you know like I don't necessarily need physical evidence as such. I just need common sense on things. If someone is if someone is projecting a particular symbol, like if someone is projecting um, like that particular Saturnic symbol, right? It only means one one thing that you really know about. Like uh, like you, you you know anyone anyone who's into their astrology or into esoteric information would know. Like you, I would never get that tattooed on me unless you know unless I really knew what I was doing. You know, um, I funny enough, weirdly have an image um, of Saturn on my arm. I have Cronus tattooed on my arm because I'm a huge William Hogarth fan. And when I got it done, I didn't really understand enough about it. And then years later, I came to understand so much about it, which is a cold, crazy kind of separate conversation, a personal one. Um, you know, so this, this, the, 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 where the symbolism gets lost and it, it's, it's not lost, it's deliberately hidden. That's concluding points for that long long-winded way of answering that well uh going back to what you had mentioned about uh the polytheism of the ancient egyptians yeah. and you can tell me if you think that i'm off base on this because this is i'm i'm, I'm only relatively in the shallow waters of all of this but you know it's yeah. it's through a biblical context and and i'm not christian uh it's just that's kind yeah. of been the kick that i'm on lately because yeah, of these yeah, connections yeah. that i'm making but it's seems to me that the Egyptians were wrapped up in the worship of these fallen angels, uh, their their Nephilim offspring, and these chimeric hybrid creatures that they created throughout time. And yeah. these are the same beings that were, you know, wiped away during the flood. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day with Tim Alberino, uh, yeah. who is a archaeologist, and he is in Peru, and he's talking about how uh, the Peruvian government is very upset with people coming there and recording because the ancient aliens guys kind of just every every megalithic structure, everything is aliens. It's yeah. all aliens. It's, it's where, you know, crazy. the meme yeah. and everything. Yeah. And so they're upset that this is, you know, according to them, a misrepresentation of their heritage. But if you talk but to then, the the people who are of native descent who live in Peru. Yeah. They'll tell you allegedly, and I, I'm not confirming this, yeah. but allegedly that their megalithic structures were created by a race of yeah. giants, specifically yeah. evil giants, and that yeah. these giants were wiped away in a great flood that was yeah. brought upon them by their overarching head god, yeah. you know, the the, the yeah. father god. And uh, you know, we have no shortage of all these flood stories throughout various different cultures, and that's really becoming mainstream right now, right? Joe Rogan's got people, yeah. Randall Carlson, and uh, and Graham Hancock are on his show talking about yeah. it. Uh, and it seems to be, yeah, there was an, an astronomical flood of monstrous proportions yeah. at some point. And many of these uh, uh, many of these ancient cultures hold that this flood wiped out some race of evil giants, which is exactly uh, the story that's in the Bible. And so yeah. it seems like 
so many of these ancient Babylonians, ancient Egyptians, these these teachings, these these gods that they worship of these polytheistic cultures, they were uh, of the fallen. They were the fallen angels. They were the Nephilim. And that's not to say that all of them, because I imagine it's probably not that simple, right? It's not like <laughs> all of them were totally evil and that's just no. the end of it. Yeah. People are both good and evil within themselves. And so yeah, yeah, it would make sense that maybe even some of these beings were trying to be altruistic, trying yeah. to help mankind along. But that's where we get our hermetic teachings. That's where we get yeah. these bouts of, of technology that suddenly arrive, you know, and, yeah. and help uh, humanity, you know, jump light years ahead of where they should be in their evolutionary uh, uh, journey. Um, but, and then you look at what we just t- talked about before, uh, which is the Freemasons. Yeah. And I have a book, in the other room by Albert Pike, who was a 33rd degree Freemason. And in one page, he outlines that the way the Freemasons see the entity Lucifer is very much the morning star, the light bearer, the bringer of enlightenment. Not necessarily that they worship him, although I have heard that at the very top, and I I can't confirm it, I'm no 33rd degree Mason, but at the very top, they worship Lucifer. This is what I've heard. But at, at the minimum, I'm willing to entertain that they look at Lucifer in a much more positive light than maybe yeah. uh, other cultures, especially Christianity and, and, and Catholicism or other religions, rather. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but it's the same beings over yeah. and over and over again, whether it's, stories, uh, yeah. you know, Saturn and Satan mm-hmm. and Baal and Molech and Zeus. I, uh, I I came across this really interesting thing where uh, Zeus is depicted with this sort of uh, short staff with three mm. prongs on the rear and three prongs on the front. And it's a very similar image to uh, images you can find of Baal, who yeah. was also one of the fallen, who was the, the king of storms, I believe, yeah. was even his like moniker was the king of storms. And he's also depicted with almost spot on the exact same staff this short staff with three prongs on either side and you know it's it is this big cycle whether or not human beings are also in a cycle of reincarnation the world is also in a cycle of just telling the same stories worshiping the same beings and then ultimately it seems falling because of that you know so right now we're not overtly worshiping uh, Baal or Molech or or Zeus for that matter, or, you know, these interchangeable names for so many of these deities, I think they've opted for a much more low-key form of worship where, like, the elites worship them outright, but their symbolism and their practices permeate our culture down to the lowest levels, while the people all the way at the bottom, we, we have no idea. No idea like that it. it's even happening. Uh, and that yeah. we think the uh, the gods are this this old idea, yeah. this yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. that humans shed like, uh, you know, old clothes that were ill fitting. And now we wear suits and, and we don't worry about Zeus or anything anymore. We certainly don't worry about Zeus. Right. But Zeus is well. is potentially <laughs> ball or or uh, the book yeah. uh, that I'm reading right now is uh, Return of the Gods, the Book of Enoch, I think it's called, mm. and it's by um, uh, Eric Von Daniken. Yeah. And Eric Von Daniken, he's drawing these parallels between Enoch and Hermes. Yes. Hermes being one of the Greek pantheons. So 
Yeah. It's just again and again and again. But this time, they're not so overt. Well, Hermes is one of, one of the most interesting characters because Hermes, like, for me, like, um, Hermes, Hermes' Mercury is Thoth, the Egyptian um, ibis bird, which I don't know if you can see up here. It's this one. Yep. Um, and the the one of the most fascinating books that I think I pretty much base so much of my sort of deep understanding of this is the Hermetica. And when you re- go into the Hermetica, the Hermetica very much goes to the, the what I would class as the 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 true origins of creation um, because it predates the Greeks, it predates the Romans, it predates this entire Hellenistic period, and it's much more in line and closer to the to the older dynasties of e- ancient Egypt when it talks. And like I said, where it talks about spirituality and metaphysics, not it's not it doesn't talk about the it doesn't talk about the Book of the Dead, it doesn't talk about the underworld, it doesn't have any of these kind of concepts and all of these kind of things. And this is just my perception, right? And this is like not to I'm not saying that these energies and these dark forces don't exist, like they do, because I believe that as above, so below, as within, so without. We, you know, the there's all these kind of studies about the universe and reality being a projection and stuff. And there's it's quite possibly that we are all consciously projecting to create and manifest this reality. That's one, that's the kind of a sort of esoteric spin on the simulation theory, I guess. But um, like that all aside, you know, like the, the, the ancient Egyptians, they just, they, they wouldn't even be able to understand this logic of what anything that we talk about because all of this sort of law all this demonic kind of energy and demonic ideas and this in this and the only reason that exists is because we you know we have evil in this world and we have things that we want to kind of you know point fingers at blame or judge or whatever you know but in those times they they didn't live in their minds the ancient egyptians like um like at the purest points claimed that you know the, the soul should be in charge of the mind. The mind should be a slave to the soul. Now, modern human beings do not live that way. We, our soul is a slave to the mind. So by the general way you live your life, the mind takes precedent over everything else. And for me, that's like we are living upside down. We're living inverted. And the mind can be very much attributed to, you know, all the kind of like any any kind of demonic low vibrational thing comes from the brain. It doesn't come from the heart or the soul. That's a fact. Like no one will do something that like the the impulse and the compulsion and the emotional reaction for 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 evil does not come from the soul. It doesn't come from the heart. It only comes from the mind. So we intellectualize evil, we justify it, and you know that's what that's what these these powerful people did back in the day. You know, it was okay. We're gonna we're gonna do this sacrifice to get plentiful harvest for you know and and all these kind of crazy things. Um, it's not to say they didn't work. I think I think there's 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 a cause to say that human beings can manifest yeah so if you have a if you project an idea to loads and loads of people there's a, there's every chance that it could materialize in reality like the whole concept of the simpsons prediction the future if they're not predicting the future um matt Gronin is a high level freemason they are predict programming the future so by having it in the cartoon and the program ahead of time it consciously kind of comes into reality like anyone who delves into esoteric manifestations understands that law the law is if you believe it in the mind it will come into reality which is a whole different kind of crazy concept and all these occults and all these kind of all these kind of dark kind of rituals 
they don't understand that they they do physical kind of spells or rituals in order to get what they want it goes against the the inner knowing the which is supposed to derive from the pineal gland hence the pine cone and you have all this symbolism with the church and with many different kind of physical powers i think the sumerians holding a pine cone they all have this kind of uh, they all, all have the object of holding the pine cone. It's a very symbolic image that goes right way back <laughs> to all these things. And it's because it's controlling the, if you control the pineal glands, you control someone's soul. You you shut their soul off. And we kind of like, like not we, like, I've done my own personal experience on that just for me and not to like kind of push any sort of thing. But I, I started decalcifying my pine pineal gland ages ago. And I know it shifted my vibration. I know I became a better person. I know I just vibe higher, like it's for a, for a oh. cheesy sort of hippie kind of way. <laughs> and you can manifest. You don't need to necessarily go down the the crazy rituals of doing weird things to get what you want. <laughs> you don't need to do that. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Uh, we we talked about it a little bit before, or you alluded to it. This idea that, and and, and I want to get your thoughts on on mm. on this. Um, this idea that satan or saturn is trapped in this box this cube yeah and cute. that ultimately there would be some motivation for these various cult members to free him from this right yeah. and so you said something before about how you think that we're living upside down and i couldn't help but have this this uh spark of oh stranger things right stranger yeah. <laughs> things in the upside down this hidden yeah. realm where things yeah. are a little bit darker yeah. but Stranger Things is based off of the Montauk project, right? Yeah. So in Montauk, yeah. New York, uh, there is this on a small island, a, a military base. And on the surface, it doesn't look like it's much. But the speculation is that it actually goes deep underground and deep underground. Yeah. They are experimenting uh, with psychological trauma on children to expose their latent psychic abilities. Yes. And that is the exact premise of Stranger Things. Now, what yeah. happens in Stranger Things is. Eleven, she tears open a dimensional doorway, and through the dimensional doorway comes uh, the uh, what is what is it called? The demigorgon. Yeah. Uh, and so there's our 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 media right now is inundated with this idea of yeah. portals and other yeah. dimensions. Yeah. I mean, we are being that is being crammed down our yeah. throats as we speak. I feel like um it was in the 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 zeitgeist for a while, but uh, with avengers infinity war and the whole portal <laughs> from the dead realm where they brought yeah. all the heroes back that kicked the doors open and now yeah. every single you can't turn anywhere without seeing it and then yeah. of course we have cern right the large hydron yeah. collider they're yeah. smashing particles together to recreate the moment of the big bang to try to see theoretical particles that will only be visible in that exact moment so they take high-speed photos and they examine them to look for the higgs boson particle and all this stuff but Maybe, according to CERN, there is a small chance that we could open up a portal to another dimension or a small black hole. Now, before I get your thoughts, I also want to say that throughout history, these deities, they are responsible for giving us um, not only agriculture and things of that nature and how to build cities right to yeah. our to our ancient ancestors and but technology. They've always been the masters of this this you know unidentifiable technology yeah. and so i hold this idea that if these things are the fallen they are trying to get us to the point of 
merging with technology or getting so good at technology that, and that's what human beings do, right? We're the same operating system. We just get better with technology. That's our thing. We're yeah. never going to stop. We're going to keep going until we tear a hole yeah. through dimensions and, and bring <laughs> in some entity. Do you think that that is what's going on here? That this transhumanism, this this technocratic yeah. civilization that we're ultimately barreling towards and this this push from whether you call them aliens or you yeah. call them the fallen they're 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 gently pushing us throughout history to this day to become yeah. more and more technologically advanced i mean we're yeah. reverse engineering the crafts that fell in roswell and we're using that technology they always say the government is 30 to 40 years ahead of us uh, technologically speaking and we're not going to see that tech for a long time and i it to me it's a sexy idea it's a cool idea that we're gradually getting to this point that human beings are being guided along this technological path until one day we can crack open this dimension, free Saturn or Satan from this black cube and bring them into this realm again after all of them have been killed, their physical bodies via yeah. the flood and are now waiting in this other realm, gritting teeth and squeezing fists and really <laughs> filled with hatred for us. Uh, but yeah. but aiding us along you know some of us who are willing to 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 commune with them and things of that nature uh do you think that there is some sort of technological push and that maybe that's the end game yeah. or am i fucking smoking crack no no you're not smoking crack at all i think you're very much it's very 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 wise and it's very it's very on point in the sense like i think like my understanding of it is that when someone if when someone kind of connects with a low with with a deity like saturn and they sell their soul if they don't if they don't know how to unbind themselves from that energy yeah and again this is the concept of heaven and hell right they've they're technically when they're when they die they the the ancient egyptians believe that the heart is weighed against the feather of mark and if it is lighter it will go on to their version of heaven and you go and meet you at the co-creator and you sit next to atom the god of the creator of all that was their belief However, if your lot, if your heart was heavier than the feather of Mark, um, which was a, was another Egyptian deity, it would be cast into this, you know, downwards into this sort of kind of concept of the underworld and hell, which potentially is Saturn. So um, the idea being is that mortal, you know, human beings on this planet, like if, you know, if you'll say, you know, someone like someone who engaged in, let's just take Hitler, for example, right, who definitely went to hell, right? <laughs> Hitler doing mm -hmm. what he did, blah, blah, blah. When he dies, his soul doesn't reincarnate back on this planet. He becomes a demon in the metaphysical realm, and he is bound by the same rules and and is is exiled like Saturn. Now, with him being in the in the metaphysical realm or whatever legacy he left in the you know whether it's you know video footage, photographs, the the generational trauma that was caused by all the atrocities of the Second World War and everything connected to him, all of that stuff still has a legacy and it has an energy that keeps the kind of the keeps him this his 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 demonic soul alive right so the idea being is that mortals who are worshipping and uh, who are part of this and want to kind of free these souls or unchain these people they are looking at them kind of thinking well these people made mistakes we need to bring them back possibly to have another chance or we just want to wreak absolute hell and havoc on earth which is probably is probably more that as well because you know if these if these people are so much you know in their mind if they are psychopathic and they have absolutely zero empathy to humanity 
that is what they're going to want. They want to see chaos. They want to see death and destruction. And Hollywood has portrayed that in virtually every bad kind of, you know, character from Star Wars to, to Batman, right? So the, it's very, very plausible that, that this is the concept behind it, you know. And, you know, if someone is is worshipping this deity, they will understand the, the exchange. They will understand it. Um, what happens, though, I think, is that many people fall into the trap where they are tricked into it. It could be a drug dependency. It could be there's so many different ways that people fall into kind of doing low vibrational or ritualistic things or just because they hang around with other people that don't know, you know, that that know about this stuff, but don't necessarily know the true consequences or they haven't done the deep esoteric study to see the opposite because there is polarity and duality. Sorry, there's duality in everything. There is, again, you know, antimatter and physical matter. There is light, dark, yin, yang, sun, moon, you know, or sun, Saturn. There's there's absolute opposites in everything, you know. There's um, so that people going into these kind of things, they have like they, they, you get trapped in this illusion of the mind where it's well, I have to do these things in order to save my own soul because I've lost my soul or sold my soul to the devil. Like the quickest way to trick someone into continuing to do depravity is to tell them that they've that that's it, they're done. They there's no forgiveness, there's no coming back from it. Um, and like then, you know, along comes the concept of Christ, Jesus Christ and forgiveness. And, you know, that's a sort of almost like a battle against that, you know, to sort of try and to try and bring people from darkness back to light and all that. Um, which, you know, again, is like, you know, becomes a very personal kind of topic that many people get really angry and upset about. You know, I'm not I'm not to, to say one is right or wrong. I personally feel that, you know, every human being has their own reality and you can believe your own kind of versions of what happens when you die. That's, that's your free will. That's the free freedom of the, of the mind. But what I will, what I do understand and what I will constantly repeat is that like, again, it goes back to this constant battle of the mind, this, this mental prison of the, of, of the mind and the heart and the connection with the heart and the soul. Um, once, you know, anyone who can connect with the heart and soul consistently can potentially come from low depths and it doesn't have to be you know blood sacrifices and murder i'm just saying like everyone has a version of, of of depravity right everyone has a version of their lowest points or their worst version of themselves and you know no one is born perfect and then maintains that way and stays you know high vibrational and you know wouldn't hurt a fly and completely in peace and tranquility from the beginning that's that's not the journey of a soul the journey of a soul is is about karmic lessons and learning and making mistakes and you know being on your journey to kind of navigate your way through the cosmos to try and to stop yourself from reincarnating um but i fear that the trap with these kind of occults is that they lure people in because it's energy harvesting it's the more people connected to this the more people supporting it it bolsters up them and it's it's that classic thing you know if one person is doing something bad if one person is say you know if, you, if there's a group of friends and one of them's doing drugs they don't want to do it on their own they want other people to join in because people don't want to be alone that that fear of misery loves company it's misery loves company that's exactly it you know so it's um there's there's a huge amount of pressure like, i mean like for me personally like, i feel like i feel psychologically that if if and again this is all all theory based and you know Boss, if there is a sort of design to really sort of inject humanity with this symbolism and this dark 
energy and these low vibrational kind of mindsets and you know when i look at all the kind of like the junk in our food and the chemicals that we consume and like all the synthetic medication i'm not against science I, I, but i personally feel that you can have high vibrational treatment and low vibrational treatment you know i don't think fentanyl is clearly not a good thing for, for humanity or society you know and I, I know it does marvelous things in in under professional settings but it's clearly a really dangerous kind of compound and i feel that you know society is projecting so much of this 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 lower energy and when you connect it to the symbolism that's everywhere and I mean, look at the medical world with their symbolism of snakes and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, not, we're not going to go down that that route. But what is that the staff of Hermes? It's, yeah, it's it's like it's it's everywhere. It's kind of like um, you know, it's a, a lot of the symbolism can be misunderstood. And again, there's variations of things. Like there, again, there are some people that will really look at the Saturnian energy in a very different way. Um, I I don't necessarily think I, I don't think you can look at any of these energies because for me, it always goes back to the concept of what the Egyptians believe, which is every the entire cosmos is made of atoms. So everything is connected. Everything is all dualistic and everything is all connected to one. And, you know, it's the the, the, the point of of going to any particular kind of cult or religion or specific kind of belief system that ties you to a very ritualistic thing or specific set of rules and bound uh, boundaries or consequences or whatever is always going to be is always going to be uh, it's always going to you're always going to suffer <laughs> there's always going to be a point where you're going to be doing things that your heart and soul doesn't like you know like the heart and soul knows when it's doing something wrong the mind will distract the heart and soul constantly and permanently from feeling things. I mean, that's why you've got kids pumped up on Xanax and stuff all the time, because they, you know, these, these medications are stopping them from feeling. And if they did feel, we'd be worried that they would do something really low vibrational. Well, that's not fixing the root as to why they feel so bad in that first place. You know, that low vibrational energy, I'm going to kind of say that it is down to so much that they're consuming. You know, there's a lot of really kind of negative stuff out there. Like I, I don't, I, I really I, I used to love the movie like the film and television industry of you know I'm not going to dox myself but I worked in it in certain capacities but so much of it now is just so so depressing and really evil I'm just really you know I've got two two young children and I see I, you know I see some of the stuff that's being put on you know in these in films and that and it's like it's just negative it's really really bad it's not high vibrational it's not there's you know I want to see more content for stuff like that but the symbolism dictates that it's not going to be that way. The symbolism dictates that, you know, it's good to be edgy and low vibrational and, that you know, devil horns and fire and, you know, bondage and all these kind of things is, 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 is the, the kind of the, is the pop culture of, of, of modern humanity that we should just accept it. You know, our, our, our ancestors didn't have that. They didn't, you know, you look at Renaissance art and you look at all these kind of things and poetry by Keats and things like that. We don't know. We, I know we have people doing that stuff, but they're not propelled on the mainstream or projected. It's always the it's always tends to be the really, you know, sex and violent cells, sadly, in humanity, in society. That that seems to be the order of of kind of, um, of where things are heading. Like we will add one thing, like one of my one, I, I was once came across a list of like Stanley Kubrick's favorite books. And this one was on it. It's called Subliminal Seduction. And there's a really interesting 
relevant point to this in that it's a it's a book all about the advertising industry and it talks about how post sort of war advertisement used to the, a lot of the advertising um, geniuses back then were all included subliminal messaging in the print work and and in the copyright and stuff and it got banned in the 70s they the the, the government did invest and various health organizations did investigations to find out that you know the reason why there was this the this the swing in 60s and the and the decay of the 70s to a degree was because of this subliminal messaging so they banned it in advertising so they it's illegal to put subliminal messaging in advertisement post the 70s but what they didn't do is they didn't ban it in film and television that was that was completely left open because for art and entertainment purposes now my kind of argument would be when you know that the US government you know the CIA MK Ultra and all these kind of things it's it, there's definitely conspiracy there's a conspiracy that uh, it's very conspiracy theory based but for me it's a case of that's incredibly irresponsible because you know anyone anyone working in film and television could be put in very kind of depraved subliminal messages and stuff and it had it, it would undoubtedly have an effect um you know i can kind of pick that up you know the, the, hence the you know if you see the checkable pattern and it's so used in film and music videos and it's because it's encoding information that that pattern is an old esoteric magic trick where when you see that checkable pattern it taps into the conscious and the subconscious mind like people want to ask for evidence on that i don't have evidence i just know that i'm not going to say why or how i know it. i just know that so that particular that's why you see that checkable pattern in all these music videos in so many films and you tend to you will tend to start to see that there's very low vibrational suggestive sexual kind of low vibrational things are nearly always connected when you see that pattern in it doesn't have to just be black and white a checkered pattern is a checkered pattern but particularly if it's black and white it's iconic imagery that's used for a reason they don't use it for they don't just use it because it looks pretty like um so much of that so much symbolism is is powerful and it's it has a it has a profound effect on the on the conscious mind but most importantly on the subconscious mind and you know, there's like amazing hypnosis books that you can read, like about people like this guy, like Milton Erickson, who talks about these kind of things and how easily manipulated human beings can be with just suggestive words, let alone suggestive imagery, let alone stuff that um, that, that happens so quickly you don't even realise it. <clears throat> one of the studies they did, um, one of the major studies they did with subliminal messages, they they had a, a cinema theater and they had like a like um low filled it in with they did several tests low one time with a, a room full of women one with a room full of men one with mix and what they did was they at different times they projected a, a thousandth of a second like different sexual words and sexual kind of uh, kind of phrases and the audience visibly felt hornier at these points they they measured and tested it was crazy but like the, the human eye can't see it but the, the the subconscious mind gets it and sees that word like human beings we can't understand like we can't get our heads around it. i mean well we should be able to because what it is is it's our, our understanding of our own minds is just so so infantile like you know the, the human brain has like has six trillion synapses so it has so much you know, the, the, it has so much huge, vast potential to access and process things that, that even the best quantum computers will never be able to do. So that's why human beings should never fear AI or any kind of technology, because the human brain is like is is supremely cosmic and powerful. Like 
the when you work out and calculate how many kind of neurons it's billions i think i wrote i wrote a whole load of stuff down somewhere and i can't remember where i put it all but um someone will probably correct me on the exact numbers now but um and not only that the electricity in the human brain is faster than the speed of light that's even crazier so you you actually transmit information between your neural network faster than the speed of light like that doesn't even kind of when you, when people start to understand that you can begin to understand that your reality that you're consuming you're consuming your you what you're seeing isn't really truthfully what's around you and what's really there we we talked about that at the beginning didn't we so yeah it's it's interesting because you you mentioned the <clears throat> seeing images being flashed and mm. a tenth of a second or whatever it is and your subconscious mind has already absorbed it thousandth of a second a thousandth of a second and it reminds me of when i was younger probably one of the one of the initial things that set me on this path when i was a kid Mm. was um noticing or not noticing i came across it online and i had to verify it myself the uh disney is just one of the (laughs) one of the worst propaganda machines all right disney is is one of the most effective brainwashing yeah and and uh, so the first one that I saw from Disney that made me go, hmm, was the uh, giant golden penis on the cover of The Little Mermaid. Uh, I, I had to go to my buddy's house and verify it. We found when the old it, VHF. Yeah, when you see it, you cannot unsee it. It's oh, it's it's 100% there, veins and yeah. all. And yeah. then the the next one was um, uh, the, the Lion King. So in the stars yeah. during a, a scene, it says sex yeah. in the stars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one was Aladdin uh, in the movie Aladdin when yeah. uh, uh, Aladdin is dressed as a prince and he's on the balcony and he's yeah. trying to talk to Jasmine and a, the tiger gets in between them and he backs up. And as he's saying, good kitty, nice kitty, you hear yeah. all good teens take off their clothes. It's just a yeah, whisper. Right. And we yeah. played it yeah. over and over again. So yeah. these these things are embedded in embedded, children's. Yeah. Uh, uh, children's entertainment and like you said a thousandth of a second and your subconscious has already picked this up and absolutely do you yeah. can you imagine for a moment that a, a company a corporation like disney wouldn't be aware yeah. of that no you really can't i mean like the the actual cover the actual image on this cover was a real case and you can't like to, you could look at this image and you'll never see it but if you when i can't find the picture where they actually outline it but they're written very subtly inscribed on the cubes and they've obviously done it in like you know they physically altered the image but is the word sex so they the it was the letters sex on the ice cube and they they found that subconsciously people can't see it but they when they see it there's something about it that has like a kind of it, it it taps deeply into sort of some some very real physical feelings that they experience. So right. and like now that, like that's imagine da- yeah, like it's dangerous. Like it's like I mean yes. it's one one aspect is kind of beautiful. It could be used for good. <laughs> it could be a beautiful it rarely wonderful is. thing. But it but it rarely is, sadly, because human beings by their gen by not not general. I don't think it's by the general nature. Actually, I think human nature is kind of loving. Children are born very much like that. Children learn to hate, and you know they're in all the kind of the mad chaos that they've come as an adult is is learned and taught from their surroundings and their tough environment. So you know, being a human being is hard in this reality, and it's even harder in modern society. You know, when you think of these devices and social media and like. The online world is a whole dimension. It's a dimension of a reality that isn't real, but it ha- we have physical, emotional feelings and sensations that we connect to. 
And Real for me, like they're, 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 that's a that's a dangerous kind of world to sort of to sort of consume yourself with, because even though like those feelings, um, those feelings are if they're not truly steep, they're, if they're not truly connected to reality, then you are giving your energy to something that is is not wholly real and it is an illusion now whether that's used for dark or nefarious reasons is is kind of by the by the reality is is you're giving away your energy and most importantly your time so like time and energy are two things that are like so precious that like anyone on the deathbed no one kind of says oh i wish i'd worked more i had more money or i did this is they weren't they wanted more time is what they wanted and energy you know their body to be you know as energetic as possible so time and energy are the most valuable commodities and yet human beings give them away like we 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 give them away before we give away anything else which is which is crazy really you know people would rather give that away than than anything else and you know um, absolutely that's why that's why you know like that's why you know that old saying of money can't buy happiness and money can't buy love is is so deeply true because you know it, it can buy small elements of those emotions but again they're not steeped in true reality because there's a barrier between the emotion and the connection which is money and in the case of social media the barrier between your you know if you're say if you, say for example if you're having a a digital relationship with someone yeah whether it's sexual or whatever there's a barrier between that physicality and that is the phone so your energy is is you know the physical energy is is going is going to something but it's not coming to you you're not physically receiving the right the right amount yeah it's, it's always going to be a diluted distorted version in the same way that like the light coming off the moon is not it's not a direct reflection of the sun yeah it's a distort it's an illusionary light it's not it's not a real it's not true sunlight it's fake that's why loads of people lose their mind with that conspiracy theory right. <laughs> the moon projecting well, lights and stuff <laughs> you uh you said it before that it's it's a thousandth of a second that yeah. it, the subliminal message is enough to make you horny in real life imagine yeah. what exposure over a lifetime is going to do yeah. to you we don't even understand what it's done to no, us, we don't. But, uh, we like we, we're, we're running out of time and i do want to ask you one final question before we go yeah. and, and i, I certainly I think we have to bring to this question. back i just have one sorry? more thing sorry can i just have one more thing to that point of course that, of course just on the kind of the, the the pop culture and that is that you know when we think of things like lord of the rings you know the rings of saturn the eye of sauron you know june has huge saturnic kind of influence you have these like and even star wars with the death star like you've got these like huge symbolic kind of characters and and things that people physically can like connect to on an emotional and intellectual level that they attribute so much of their passion and enjoyment to they like unwittingly are communing with their energy to something that is nefarious and they don't realize it. So there's, it's understandable that, that, that people, and this, this isn't a young, young generational thing, this is everyone, is that people can be sucked with the joy and the, and the energy that they preciously need inside of them without even realizing it. And that what they are looking at, they think is wholly innocent is actually deeply in many cases, demonic and, and satanic. And, a lot of these writers and, you know, Tolkien was a, Tolkien studied the occult. He studied, he knew more than I ever will probably know about occultism. Like he was a deep, deep, deep kind of um, 
occultist like he, he knew his stuff and george r martin as well is is a is i believe a freemason but he's definitely an occultist jk rowling is an absolute occultist there's no way she would she's got so much symbolism in her films it's impossible and you know harry potter was a whole generation of children that are now becoming adults and you know i i i could what i may i don't know maybe i don't want to get get to get too tangled up in all that but I could, whenever I see those films, I can unpick every every few seconds. I can unpick a new symbolic meaning, a lore from an old fable or mytho mythology that's 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 low vibrational and satanic. You know, even singers. You know, Adele, the singer, has a Saturn tattoo on her arm, and she wears Saturn earrings and a dress with Saturn on it. Yes, it's like it's it's. A lot of them, some of them don't necessarily know that, you know, their their record labels or whatever pressure, but a lot of them do, you know. AK and, Rowling knows. Yeah, I think they do. I think a lot of them also probably are tricked into a lot of this stuff because I think I genuinely... Spielberg? Think, yeah, I mean, I, I think fundamentally, I think greed and fame can be can, can be ruinous to people and, and you know, and especially when especially if you only look at your world in such a physical reality you don't understand the metaphysical reality until it's too late you know um yeah i just want yeah sorry i wanted to just like tap in those things because i think it's 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 one thing saying that like yeah subliminal messaging is 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 powerful like that even in many cases it's not even hidden like it's actually actively out there like hellraiser with the cube right in your face it's right in your face exactly yeah yeah sorry (laughs) i think I, i would love to have you on uh for the next time to to talk i mean we could hours of content off of uh symbolism in in everyone's favorite movies and shows symbolism Mm -hmm. in in the marvel universe in the lord of the rings universe in the star wars universe (laughs) i mean it's so overt it's unbelievable uh but before we uh before we dismount i would like to ask you uh you mentioned earlier and i think this is because especially for 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 people who are new to this this is all very overwhelming yeah. in the sense of doom <laughs> right in the sense of yeah. doom it's like this ancient uh occult symbolism yeah. and and yeah. and they're manipulating us from the dawn of time yeah. and you mentioned a pineal gland decalcification yeah and it's about the closest thing that i could grab onto to go yeah. well, what can we do what, what can, can the do? people yeah. do oh my god and, yeah it's... so what did you do to to, to yeah, achieve this so... So, so basically, so I, I, when I, when I, when I got stuck down the rabbit hole of Cold Black Cube, and like, I'm not gonna lie, like, I, when I, when, especially after reading this book, right, I read this book, and I just kind of went into this like, really sort of pit of sort of depression, like, where I was like, oh my god, we're living in hell type thing. But it, the, re- that's a complete false illusion. Like, I, like, yes, but I, I, but I, what I did was like, I did speak to someone who, who was quite a, a dear friend of mine who was very clued up on this, and. I said, like, what is the antithesis? What's the opposite of this? Because this is horrible. Like, there's got to be, there's got to be like a, there has to be a polar opposite. And like, um, and and he kindly pointed me in the direction of the Hermetica, which is, um, hold on, let me grab. Everyone must see the Hermetica just for this, particularly this version, which uh, this version of the Hermetica is by um, Timothy Freck and Peter Gandhi. And this book is all about the, uh, it's all about the ancient Egyptian uh, origin of, uh, uh, the, the origin of the creation story in ancient Egypt. And when you the read Hermetica? that, it is, yeah, it's it like, so an important thing about the Hermetica, so the Hermetica pretty much kickstarted the Renaissance period. 
every single amazing artist from um, from um, Michelangelo to Leonardo da Vinci, Shakespeare, like so many huge, amazing, important cultural um, figures throughout throughout that period of time, all attributed their success to reading this this Gnosticism, this Hermetic wisdom, and it's incredibly inspiring. And when you read it, it is like it is like food for the soul you read it and you just suddenly see the universe in the most beautiful cosmic way because you realize that you know as much as there is like obviously horrible things in the world and darkness that the actual there's a whole landscape to be discovered that we haven't even really understood and for my kind of connection understanding is that the reason why this information is greatly shut off is because people their pineal their pineal glands are not functioning right your pineal gland is a very sensitive part of the brain it's you know it's it's super sensitive to kind of what you eat what you eat and what you drink like alcohol will 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 will, will damage it fluoride calcifies it fluorides in toothpaste and water and everything you know i i stopped taking fluoride a long time ago my teeth are better than they were then um you know i do like oil pulling there's there's natural ways you can get around these kind of things if you're worried about they're losing the health benefits but the reality is there isn't much health benefits for taking fluoride it's a rat poison it's a very dangerous chemical but um it i, I think they deliberately have these things and like i'll quickly i'll quickly go down a conspiracy like the actual company brand i'll probably get in trouble for this uh the famous one, <laughs> Colgate. Coal literally means in means a burning ember. It's like a, a burning light. And gate is obviously a gate to prevent. So the idea of Colgate is to prevent the inner light, that inner kind of um that inner third eye. Oh, that wow. inner, which is an amazing thing. Like, I kind of I don't have any that's a theory of mine. You know, I like when I when I looked up the word Colgate and broke it down into its Latin form, coal as in C-O-L, literally means burning light. It's crazy when you look at it. Like wow. nearly all these companies, it's all right there. That goes back to the symbolism right there, thing. Yeah. It's all right there. Yeah, absolutely. It's like they, they almost like have to kind of like, it, it has to be, it's a weird thing. It's like if something is so obvious, you won't find it. If the more it's kind of like, it things, it's, oh, who is it? It said it's like, it has to be in kind of like plain sight. The more, the more in plain sight is, the, the better it is. Weirdly, the more hidden it is because people just, they, they just, they go into the subconsciously. I think they think, well, of course it's not real because they wouldn't be stupid enough to do that. And the reality is, no, actually, it's a great, that's it. That's the oldest trick in the book. If you want to. It's almost how little really, they think of yeah, us. If you really want to mislead people, you know, slightly, it's sleight of hand, you know, you put it there, but you just don't, you know, you just, you make it obvious and, and they won't see it. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to be picking up that book. Who was the author of that book, The Hermetica? So it's the, the, this particular, there's lots of versions like, but this is Timothy Freck and Peter Gandhi. Um, and it's absolutely wonderful. It's it's an amazing, amazing because the Hermetica is really deeply complex as well. And there's different versions where it can get really like complicated, you know, because it's often translated from Latin and from Greek. So but this particular version, this translation is by far the most digestible as an entry point. And for me, like when you read that, like if, if you understand the kind of pineal gland in, in the black cube and that, like all of a sudden the kind of light bulb goes off and you kind of you know, for a better word, you kind of see the light literally to go, actually, I know, like, I value my soul and I know, what I, you know, if I want peace and happiness on this planet, which is easy to achieve, um, it doesn't involve me having to do karmic low vibrational things. I can actually, you can navigate that way 
in a much more fruitful, more beneficial way to the point where life actually can become really beautiful, wonderful and, and a magical, fun place to exist on. It doesn't have to be the sort of this fear and terror and of, of doom and gloom of being oppressed by everything. Yeah, because I, I understand. I, th- I think that's where, uh, you know, society has a lot of issues, you know, like there's um, because of that, you know, it's 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 my, my favorite thing to talk about is Plato's cave. It's the idea of, you know, these slaves trapped in a cave and these people, these puppeteers all project fear of shadows on the wall and the slaves, because they've been in the cave for so long and many of them were born into the cave, they don't understand that it's an illusion. They don't understand that the shadows are not real. And that's not to say that like stuff that's happening in real world politics isn't real. It is real to, it is of course, you know, real to a degree, but it's not real in there your reality. There is an aspect of it that yeah, is a it, play it, on a stage. Yeah, because, you know, like they, for example, like, you know, if they're playing something that happens, you know, they could play stuff that happened 50, 60 years ago and it's still going to traumatize you. Right. So it's still going to have the same effect, whether it's happening in real time or, or, or it's history is still projecting fear. And when when you're in that vibra- low vibrational state, you consume like Marilyn Manson said that he openly told everyone what you do. You give them fear and they will consume. Well, he gave people fear and they consumed. Right. Like he was he's he's a high level occult that guy he knows the stuff he knows how to sell like if you want you want to sell you sell people fear and they will consume he openly told people that in that documentary uh, um that he did with um michael moore i think it was or something like that um so you know so these these people they know what they're doing like it's it's incredibly smart they're incredible again they're incredibly intelligent and intellectual he's very clever yeah and so saturn is a deity of intellect but my my one thing I would want to sort of add is that Metica teaches teaches you that the mind is a prize to be won fundamentally, but the soul has an intellect that is higher than the mind because the soul can connect with the cosmos. The mind can't. The mind can only interpret and process its reality. The soul actually has a divine connection, uh, you know, according to the scriptures, to God and you know, and to source energy or whatever, or, or the divine or the creator or, or, or whoever you want to term it. Again, there's multiple variations of versions of the, of the light side of things, but um, in the same way, Saturn has the same thing. But for me, like there's, there's no doubt about it for me. It's like, you know, the, 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 the best, the best fulfilling things in my life are always led by my heart not by my, what I think I should be doing. Like nearly all the stupid things I've ever done have been because I've overthought something or analysed it and completely yeah. gone it wrong. You know, like the, the mind is the kind of devil in that respect. And, you know, the ancient Egyptians, like I said, they they used to, the, the high priests and priestesses used to make, an, make a conscious effort to let their soul rule their decisions, not their mind. Like they operated from soul. Like I don't think human beings can even understand what that's actually like to be a human being that, live solely from the soul like imagine that if you just said imagine you know whatever people are trying to get you to do you literally just went does my heart want to do it no i won't do it but you only did what the heart went like did i mean that'd be a kind of crazy existence (laughs) well th with the right information and with a little bit of pineal gland decalcification yeah maybe we can get back to some place that is reminiscent of that sort of a lifestyle i think that we did I think that we did a good job of uh, of doing a sort of crash course. Um, yeah. The audience, even if you're not convinced of the existence uh, or if you're not <laughs> convinced that the definitions are accurate, certainly at the bare minimum, you will have been 
compelled to entertain yeah. the existence of this. Uh, the world is much stranger than we give it credit for, and it appears that our ancestors had a much better handle on that uh, yeah. than we do today. But uh, I'd love to have you back in the future, especially Absolutely. like yeah. we talked about picking apart the the symbolism of. I mean, man, we could do a whole series on just various yeah. movies and things like that. It never oh, ends, nothing, uh, yeah. and it's one of the more compelling things. If you can't believe anything, you can at least believe your eyes when it comes to the symbolism that is just dashed upon all of your pop culture, uh, from your movies to your music videos, your favorite musicians, your favorite books and shows are riddled with it. And so maybe next time we'll unpack that. Uh, TH, is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap it up? Uh, no, only it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I I love this subject so much. I mean, I love all esoteric kind of subjects, but the cult of the black human Saturn is a particular favourite of mine. And I would just say, you know, like we haven't even really scratched on the surface. It's 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 such a vast, complex subject. You know that yeah, I would be more than happy to explore. If and if people have questions and stuff, they can they can slide into my DMs, tap me up, at me, whatever. I'll be more than happy to try and answer if I if I can help. But yeah, thank you. It's been a re I've really enjoyed this. It's been really good. The, the door is always open. Uh, uh, consider this uh, an invitation back for an episode two. Uh, like I, I tell my audience that um, this show is in its infantile stages, but everything is about me learning yeah. alongside the audience and ultimately giving it all away for free. Uh, I, I don't yeah. put anything behind a paywall and yeah. I'll certainly not be learning anything and hoarding the information for myself. Uh, yeah. So as much as the audience learned today is also as much as I learned and there's still a lot more. Like you said, we haven't even scratched the surface. So yeah. in the future, you're welcome back. We'll do a part two, part three, however many it takes until the people are satisfied with yeah. the information. Yeah, so, and I'm uh, still studying. I, I still I still often discover new books that has new information about these subjects and stuff. So I'm always happy to to come back and share with more of what I learned. My my favorite kind of old proverb, which is a bit cheesy, but it's I think it's it, I pretty much try and live my life by is it is it's an African proverb that is each one teach one, and I, I love that. I just love that concept of just by us all sharing stuff with no kind of you know no paywall. You know, it's not in exchange for anything. It's just doing out the pure love of sharing information. I think that can definitely help to make the world a better place because you know there's no doubt about it. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of troubles out there and a lot of people that kind of need healing and need help and guidance and wherever we can I think we can find a lot more in our ancient hidden history I think there's a lot to 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 be salvaged from that before we end up in this kind of dystopian AI nightmare world that isn't going to happen <laughs> it's it's we're entering into a beautiful age I I I firmly I believe that and know that from the scriptures yeah well uh in the wise words of the African proverbs, each one teach one. I yeah. think uh, that note, it's a good place to end it. TH, one last time, where can everybody find you? Uh, at TH Massacre on Twitter and also on TikTok. So yeah, it's just at TH and then the word massacre. Um, yeah, it's an odd one, but yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. It's been a genuine pleasure. And uh, until so next much. time. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.